The Wheel of Time turns and podcasts come and go. Welcome to Wattcast, a Wheel of Time book and watch club. We are, as always, reading through Robert Jordan's epic fantasy series and watching Amazon's Wheel of Time TV show. I'm Caleb Wimble, and with me today are Dan Katinsky. Hey, everyone. Gilly Frank. Hi. And Nick Wicks. Good evening, morning, afternoon. Or whatever time it is when you're listening to this. You can find us at Wattcast.net and support the show at patreon.com slash Wattcast. Your support means a lot, whether it's $2 at the Two Rivers tier just to help keep the lights on, or $5 at the Tarvala tier to get access to the special bonus episodes, including... One that we will be recording right after this, which uh, you will hopefully be able to hear a preview of in the feed shortly. Email us questions, comments, and corrections via contact.wadcast.net with the subject line questions. We will answer them here on the show. Today, we are continuing book three of the series, The Dragon Reborn, chapters 46 to 50. Once again, just so many things happening in this book, I will try to give the high-level gist, but it's at the point where it's kind of like, well, which of these details do you focus on? Because each of these incidents is individually important. So we have Matt and Tom again. Tom mostly hanging out at the instill as Matt uh, finally makes his way in to the palace, climbing over the garden wall, same way as Rand did. It seems to be a very reliable security breach there. He makes it to Queen Morgaze to deliver the message from Elaine, but not before he overhears um, overhears a plot to murder Elaine, along with Egwene and Nynaeve. And wouldn't you know it, the person ordering this mur- mur- uh, murder is none other than Lord Gabriel, the current paramour and evil vizier of, of uh, Queen Morgaze at the moment, who has replaced Elida since the White Tower is on the outs. And we learn a little bit through the innkeeper Gill of, of how Lord Gabriel came to power, though there's still a little bit that's suspicious about those circumstances and the ease with which he came into Morghese's graces. So uh, Matt goes and rushes to inform Tom and uh, the innkeeper of that. Meanwhile, Egwene, Elaine, and Nynaeve arrive in Terre, and they meet with a local wise woman who's basically the equivalent of a wisdom there. And they are introduced by her to uh, a thief catcher by the name of Juelen Sandar, which they got they got the idea for, hey, it was really great having Hurin around. What if we found another Hurin? And they do, in fact, bring in another Hurin, who I had in my memory conflated these characters and thought that Hurin comes back into the story at this point. But no, it's an entirely new thief catcher now who's going to help them find the Black Aja. Matt and Tom arrive in the city as well. They took a very, very fast ship called the Swift, <laughs> appropriately down the river, and they're, they're hunting the uh, the goon sent to kill Elaine, and Matt is basically just choosing inns at random without even realizing it and letting his luck, the supernatural force that seems to be related to his Taverid nature, guide him there. They find and, uh, and, and kill that assassin, learn that there are many others, and Paris Group also arrives. Everybody's in the same place, basically, other than maybe Rand, who we haven't heard from in a while, but, uh, but Paris Group arrives in terror, Everything is wrong here again. Same sort of feeling as Ilian. And wouldn't you know it, it's because this place is also run by a Forsaken, we, uh, who we come to be identified by Moraine as Bilal, who is sort of like um, a little-known figure even among the Forsaken. There's not a lot of, even Loyal doesn't have a lot of information about him, his reputation, besides that he is envious and the Netweaver is a, a moniker he's given at one point. Perrin uh, takes a stop at a blacksmith shop sort of spontaneously and forges a hammer and has uh, sort of a, an intrigued encounter with Fael there. And uh, oh yeah, also Lan uh, lets everybody know that there are Aiel in the city secretly and like uh, like sneaking about on the rooftops at, at night. And yeah, once again, everybody seems to be converging on 
the geographic location where all the foreboding has been focused this novel kind of similar situation to Toman head in uh in the last one once we get like all the threads being woven in towards this place that everybody keeps seeing in their dreams notably everybody is have, having nightmares and is paranoid and hateful and distrustful in, in terror as they were in Ilion, and they're also having visions of rand it seems a lot of people with the descriptions of like a tall gray-eyed red-haired uh person in, in each of these so uh keely uh, starting with uh, starting with you this week uh what, what were the big highlights for you in these chapters so i didn't finish the chapters <laughs> but i i think i still like again still just really enjoying the matt and tom together um and i think of the like the scenes that i did read i'm about halfway through chapter 49 Probably my favorite um, interaction was when Egwene is kind of being an asshole to Nynaeve, like, nonstop, and they're talking to the Wisdom, and then after she, like, walks away, Egwene makes some kind of comment about how, like, well, we didn't have to do it that way, or we don't, whatever, and mm. Elaine just comes up and fucking slaps the shit out <laughs> of her, and, oh, I just love that so much for Elaine. Like, I, <laughs> I love that she just shut up and was like, shut the fuck up. Like, what do you want to do? <laughs> like, clearly we have to do something here. So I just really enjoyed that scene. Um, She's now your avatar in the pages to de deliver <laughs> the, uh, the the awakenings. Do you guys yeah. remember in Game of Thrones when there was, like, that scene where uh, Sansa, like, slaps Robin? Uh, oh, yeah. You know, for just, like, being, a, you know, a little, a little shit. And there was, like, this meme online that was, like... Two two slides and it was like talk shit get hit. <laughs> that's what, that's <laughs> what I pictured when I read this scene. It was just like Egwene uh, being the person hit and uh, Elaine being the the slapper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just really enjoyed that because as much as I was enjoying Egwene like becoming her own person and questioning Nynaeve, it's also like shut the fuck up every once in a while. Like just let it happen. <laughs> Unless you're going to like speak up and take charge and do something. Maybe it's still okay if, you know, someone else is talking right now. Like, this is not the time to be questioning everything about everything. You still don't know shit. So, like, let people, you know, do what they want. And, like, it. I mean, in, in that scene, it worked out where they Nynaeve was able to, like, tell the wisdom just enough to get help from a thief catcher. So, I don't know. I just enjoyed watching someone or, like, reading about someone get slapped. Um, and then I enjoyed the character the new guy um the thief catcher sandar yeah uh I julian just, like, sandar yeah i just like the idea of someone kind of showing up and being like oh all these people want me to help them i'm like the best and then <laughs> saying like oh well you know i see people on the roof at night that you don't fucking see so <laughs> i enjoyed his character but yeah just a couple things that kind of stood out and then like definitely have uh my quote this week that i fucking hated so <laughs> <laughs> So, Nick, what about you? What were the highlights? So, it's funny. I actually remember this set of chapters very uh, explicitly, uh, very vividly, uh, from, from when I did my read-through last year. Um, I actually think this was, like, the exact set of chapters I was on at this time last year. Um, so, I don't have too... I didn't mark too much. I thought... Um, as I'm reading through again, just seeing maybe maybe it's because I have the value of hindsight, but like even just looking at it critically, uh, whenever Egwene has these dreams and she's like frustrated that she can't figure out what they mean, I'm like, some of these dreams are really fucking obvious, dude. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's like, oh, there was like a white cloak that was putting like Lu Master Luhan in, in like a huge trap that was being baited. I'm like, 
that seems like a really obvious like <laughs> there's not even like a metaphor there it's just like literally yeah. you're dreaming about like someone in your hometown being baited for a trap so that sounds about what's going on there and then there was like another one what was it um i think it was uh oh, oh rand like like i think he was like trying to get towards Kalendor, but he was being followed by people and like a person right. with, yes. with like, eyes of the flame. And I'm like, yeah, did you sure. did you not know what that means? Like you're literally going after Rand, who's going to Kalendor. Well and... she does say, oh well that's clearly Balzaman, so I guess the others could be forsaken. Well like yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. It's like the exact number that are like left alive right now after after she was present when the other two died or whatever. It's like so so that was like the the big thing that kind of jumped out at me through this read through. Um, otherwise, I do actually have like fond memories of these chapters. Um, same thing for uh, what Keeley said with with Julian or however you pronounce his name. Sandar kind of uh, was is a really fun character. Um, and then the other one, I guess the only other thing I would say is that I didn't uh, is there's a character in the set of there's a couple characters in the set of chapters that end up like coming back later, which I didn't realize were introduced this early. So I was kind of um, piqued my interest as well. Dan, what about you? Uh, so just to clarify, like Keeley, I haven't, I didn't finish them all. I got as far as 50, but I haven't read 50. The, the, I think it was titled The Hammer. So where uh, Perrin crafts his uh, signature hammer. But um, out of the other chapters, I enjoyed the Matt like climbing up and then I don't know, there's something fun, even if it's ridiculous, the coincidence of like, oh, I'm climbing the wall and I happen to overhear this plot to murder someone is like such a fantasy trope, but I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so... I love it. It's like, oh, I'm overhearing exactly this part where you're telling your servants yes. to go murder somebody. It's like It felt like such yeah. a like this is like like a couple times that we've noted the connections to their home D and D campaign. I'm like, this was clear. This is like obviously like you know the D the DM setup. Like when you go to this room, you overhear this conversation. <laughs> from the two. Uh, but Taveran, yeah. of course, we we always have that explanation. Taveran, Taveran. It's a convenient yeah. one. It works. I mean, it's super convenient, but it does make sense in terms of the way the world is crafted and <laughs> essentially the explanation of everything weaves together in a certain way. So. Yeah, a uh, little better than the randomized luck of other series. Like, I don't know. This reminded me of Narnia, the whole thing where he's going to tell the queen some information, and um, the structuring and the characters in this chapter felt very Narnia-ish. Hmm. Uh, kind of, so I kind of enjoyed that. Um, it's like the horse and his boy a little bit. Uh, so I enjoyed that, and I love characters getting bits of information mm -hmm. and then trying to figure out how to convey that to characters and like the strategy there. So not being able to tell Queen Morgays because she has like the worm tongue by her side, uh, mm -hmm. and he obviously wasn't expecting that, so he's trying to figure out how to get that information to her. So I like that whole dynamic. I think forty six was my favorite. Um, Matt kind of pisses me off with just how much he tries to overextend the luck ability and then acts like it didn't work mm -hmm. for me. He's like, "Where's my luck?" So it's like. <laughs> he dices he's able to win with loaded dice he kills the guy and then he complains his luck wasn't good because the die guy died before he could tell like who else was hunting uh, i, I do love women. love that image in that scene of like when he rolls the weighted dice and it's like the world is struggling uh, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> electric it's like almost like the flash like flashpoint <laughs> where it starts sparking everywhere was like the visual i was getting uh, <laughs> but yeah it's just he he always takes it for granted. It's kind of pissing me off because it's such a powerful ability. He's like, it's failing me. I'm like, you just won with loaded dice. What else were you wanting? 
Um, and then I think a counterpoint to what Keeley was saying, I actually kind of liked, I didn't, I don't know. I think Nynaeve deserved that because Nynaeve is always harping on Moraine doing the same thing for two books prior to this. Like, oh, you're so sneaky. You always bend the truth. It's like, oh, yeah. and like she gave her so much shit for two whole books. I think she, it was justified that Peguine's calling this out. Like <laughs> you do realize you're doing the exact same thing as the person you heavily criticize and want to take down and you're becoming that person. And then the, the hypocrisy there was like fascinating to me. So. I saw it from the opposite lens where I was like, Nynaeve totally deserved that. And it's been a long time coming. So I almost wish Nynaeve got slapped and not, uh, <laughs> not a queen. But I, I get where Achilles is coming from there. Right. Nynaeve is the one that has the plan that is executing, which I think was something I, I liked. I've commented on throughout this book. But was very notable in these chapters, most of the plot here, other than the revelations, most of the plot is flowing from from our main characters making specific plans, sometimes on the fly, sometimes like well in advance or thoughtfully, and executing on them, and things are flowing from there, and they're driving the plot. Even where fate is involved and even where supernatural abilities are involved, Matt comes up with a plan for getting into the Patley. He tried to get in the first time, he's rebuffed, he comes up with, you know, like a D&D party, another plan to enter by an alternate way and he's thoughtful about how to approach the Gabriel situation and then decides to go rescue Elaine and then has his approach to the investigations throughout the inns. Nynaeve is taking point and she's like, well, we're in a strange city. We're walking into a trap. We know we're walking into a trap. I have no idea what we're doing or where to find these people. What do we do? Oh, I know. Like, I know there's, well, there's one thing I know how to do really well in the world and let's be a wisdom and I'm going to find a local wisdom and use that resource and connection and build like a base of connections and allies here and uh, and that that and seeing that weave its way into the plot um and i guess perrin takes a l less direct action towards driving the overall plot but he's certainly like taking character driving steps like he's making decisions his chapters are the most like receiving information from Lan and Moraine and and other things around the city. I mean, granted, that, well, it's only one chapter and it's brief, but the fact that he is like making, you know, he's struggling with these personal decisions and he and he and he's dealing with them in a constructive way as he goes to the blacksmith forge and all that to where every single one of these chapters is driven by our protagonist driving, th driving the plot, basically, because of their choices and the consequences of those choices, which I, I do think is keeping this story pretty dynamic here as we get very close to the climax, which will be the next episode. Uh, should we, let's see, I'm, I'm trying to think if I have any other uh, big highlights before we go into particular quotes or things like that. Uh, I will note more mentions of Tigrain in the, or, or Tig Tigrain, I, I don't know, uh, in, in these chapters and the politics of Andor succession wars. Uh, we sort of get that from. I, I, again, I continued to like the the two old men and their their stones game, um, and then uh, Tom continuing those conversations with Matt on the river. Um, more images of tear and uh, and and a little bit. We don't get too as much of the city as we did of Iliad, maybe, except for the extremely muddy streets that necessitate uh, wearing these platform shoes all over the place, um, which I think is actually reminiscent of um, of the of old Holland, maybe like that that feels like a, a 16th or 17th century Dutch thing, I think. Um, and, uh, oh yeah, Egwene ultimately seeing the, uh, the Black Aja, found the Black Aja in the Stone of Tear in, in the dream world and pops out just in time as, as Leandrin sees her, which is the first time Egwene has been able to leave the dream world on her own. And she's also starting to develop like, um, uh, like a real desire to have that, that dream stone touching her at all times and not to leave. So once again, we see the, the allure of objects of power and the way that they have that kind of um, 
that Lord of the Rings ish, you know, like like uh, obsessive power to them, or or or, the, or some of us, uh, Dan, has compared it to like uh, addiction metaphors throughout, but similar thing going on seemingly with Egwene's connection to the world of dreams and a desire to be there. Um, Did she pop, so she popped out of that herself? It wasn't that she was being pushed out by um, the dark friends? I don't know if that's clear. Like black but I, I think she like sort of startled herself out. She said she's not sure how she did it, I think. Um, yeah, how did I, I think, think it? they were unclear about it. They were, they were, she just was surprised that she was just all woke up all of a sudden. Yeah. And presumably Leandrin and the 12 others would have kept her there if they could like to catch her. I don't actually, I don't know who knows like what the nature of the trap is that they're laying. Um, but they're aware regardless me. that. Yeah. How are they aware though? Just because they can sense the presence or is there like other powers here? That well, they, not... they saw Egwene there in, in the stone with them. Right. So before, I mean, I got the sense that they were aware prior to that dream or was that what gave them away? Well, we know that there are other black Aja in the white tower, right? So um, presumably they, they knew that the three were chasing after them and because they were the ones who left the bait for Nynaeve and Elaine and Egwene to follow in the first place. So this is all going according to plan as far as the black Aja are concerned is my impression. Uh, did anyone think yeah. it was weird? Oh, sorry. Go to oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, did anyone think it was weird in the chapter where Nynaeve's it's based on the woman's name, but the, the wisdom, like the retired wisdom, they're like going back and forth. And then there's like this, which was fun, like going back and forth about like kind of testing each other's like wisdom skills and like yeah. what they apply. Did anyone think it was weird that the follow? Yeah. <laughs> Just like, it was very comical. I kind of enjoyed the, the lightheartedness, lightheartedness of the scene, but the, the scene following that, or like the conversation where they're talking about what you do when you have a discord between two people. Mm-hmm. That felt really odd to me. I, I didn't really understand. I don't know. It just felt like a really strange conversation to have in that moment where I didn't know where that was like kind of leaning I think, I think it was mostly comic relief. I thought it was cute, kind of funny. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like they were just trying to, you know, she was trying to point out, right. The, the idiocy of, uh, and even, and Egwene arguing all the time. Yeah, because I thought it was Elaine that asked. Yeah, yeah, it was. Mm. So I thought that was just her way of being like, can you guys fucking stop it? Yeah. <laughs> like she, she uh-huh. clearly That's know. what I thought, but then it turns into a conversation and they like kind of go off right. on yeah. a tangent <laughs> about crazy. it. So I was confused because I thought it was just a way to like kind of stop the conversation, but then they take it seriously. I don't know. It, it felt weird that they kept going with it. <laughs> I was just like, is yeah, this actually right. morphing into... Yeah, that is kind of weird you're right now that I think about it because it's like more of a rhetorical, just like, you know, yeah. snipe at them. <laughs> But then they answer it legitimately. So I was like, wait, is this like foreshadowing something or is there something here that I'm missing? Because I thought it, it was that, like just a retort to like get them to stop talking. <laughs> and then they take it seriously and start going on this other long-winded conversation. I'm like, is this supposed to indicate something or am I missing part of the dynamic here? But I don't know. <laughs> it just felt kind of strange. I know you, I I, I, I will say, I do like the chapter a lot um, of uh, Perrin, the last chapter of just Perrin, like, Go, he basically goes to for for Keely and Dan. Uh, he basically just like goes to town at this blacksmith shop and like builds this like you know a bunch of like tools and then ends up getting a hammer like in reward for it. Sort of just like a like a wow side quest or something, you know. <laughs> just like a, gets, gets rewarded for this you know this hammer and the the entire time like Fayil's just like sitting there like drooling, watching him like shirtless in his like leather <laughs> apron, just like banging shit out in the in the uh in the forge so i don't know i thought that was a it was a fun um a fun scene and i think he does like a good job just kind of describing and giving you uh a lot of imagery to think about in 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 kind of in parent making this 
I think he was making like a, a barrel like scrape or something. And and the master blacksmith sort of like, well, you know, you say you're an apprentice, but this is mastercraft work as far as I'm yeah. concerned. And we do get the world building. We get additional information about like the atmosphere in Ilion because the prior three apprentices here ran off because of their uh, um, just the like, constant nightmares and sleeplessness and in, in inability to focus. Cause apparently everyone here is like seeing the horrors that Rand is undergoing each night, I think is what's happening. They're like seeing wave, like Rand, Rand blasting fire at waves after waves of attempted murders and dark hounds and Trollocs and fades and, and everything else. And just everyone is plagued with these nightmares of Rand throughout the city, I think. And, and of, uh, and some, and if people have the power or if people are um, closely tied to the threads, they dream of Kalidor itself. Uh, a lot of people seem to have mentioned and of Rand grabby that. And I guess at this point we know that they're, um, oh yeah. The other thing we learn in chapter 49 or 50 is that Bilal's trap it seems is to allow Rand to get there and uh, and remove Kalendor since he since the dragon is the only one who can you know pull the sword from the stone here in the sense of the giant stone of tear uh, and then immediately take it from him because he's confident of being far far uh, far you know he's he's got the trap set in in whatever shape that's going to take for just taking Kalendor from Rand at that point so we know uh, yeah. that. Yeah, and speaking of the dreams, I thought it was kind of comical how the innkeeper, after like the whole Matt fiasco in chapter 49, is like, oh, let's just tell them it was a tall redheaded dude with gray yeah. eyes. Like, <laughs> just blame Rand's everything. He's going to get blamed for this. He's like, this, this guy doesn't exist. He's just in their dreams. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I'm surprised Matt didn't pick up on that, but just like, oh, now it's going to be Rand's problem. <laughs> it's just fun, like, diverting that Matt's problems to, to Rand and really through. Yeah dream sequences the town's having once again matt is the de deliverer of our obligatory um sexist binary assumptions but they bite him in the ass this time because uh he gets the he gets right outside the door in the of of where Nynaeve and Egwene and elaine are and he's like well i think we can i can forget about this part of the city tom he shot at all this mud and the stink of fish can you see Nynaeve or Egwene or elaine choosing to stay here women like things neat and tidy tom and smelling good and and abandons that quarter of the city because of it uh, and completely miss, misses them <laughs> on his trail to find them here. Um, so that's something. Uh, I, I think, think that's... that one, though, I think that I feel like that one is tongue in cheek. Like he's, you know, they, I think that I think Jordan's trying to show that. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. That's, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, like, okay. It actually bites Matt in the ass narratively that he has these idiotic. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gen okay. gen generalized assumptions. Yeah. Um, Fascinating. To that point, also, um, the person that they hire, I'm, I'm spacing on his name. We were just talking about him a little earlier that the three Roland. women hire um, mm -hmm. Roland. Yeah. It's interesting. He's like, I'm not dumb enough to underestimate a woman. I've, got, I've gotten stabbed before. It's like, <laughs> learn my lesson there so it's just like it's glad some people have some sense here and are like oh it's a woman i can't hurt them and even he said even says like i will treat them with as much uh avoidance uh, as much like respect for their danger as though they were a black aja of the eyes to die or, or something like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> like what like for a second i thought that he like knew because yeah. he said it so perfectly and oh is it elaine that's just like, oh, <laughs> like oh, fuck, oh, fuck. sweating profusely <laughs> yeah but oh my god fucking matt with this stupid shit him meeting more gays and saying that like <laughs> 
Oh, I can see that's what Elaine will look like when she ripens. Oh, God. What the flying fuck, <laughs> Jordan? I what the that. fuck? <laughs> I wrote that down. I was so mad at that. Who says that? <laughs> oh, my God. You're so right. That was the old. I highlighted two quotes. And that was one of them. Oh, my God. Yeah, I hated that. I was like, okay, with <laughs> the way that it, it kind of set up with, um, what's his face? Talonbor, who takes Matt like into to meet more gays i was like okay i kind of liked his character because like even afterwards then he's clearly noticing that like more gays is like something's going on with her that he sh she's yeah, just like yeah. totally okay with this fucking creeper but then matt it's just like you're just as bad like <laughs> you're so fucking gross yeah the ripens that's just that <laughs> God, it's just so terrible it makes you feel like like Jordan had never met a female before the way that he talked, but like he was married, his wife was his editor. Clearly, she was past her ripe ripeness. Oh, God. I think we will see that the other characters do take Matt to task for his, for these things that you know his views on women and the things he says. But yeah, but yeah, to some extent, it is like it is a lot of just my miring in um that mentality of his and his just constant judgments about everything um come total tangent on the talent for mention i feel talent name and just like his entire personality and this like you know the the one the good one guard who's uh loyal and honorable and knows what's up and he, it's like such a he's such a fantasy protagonist of his own separate book series where he's like the <laughs> Uh, the the Arthurian knight here. He's going to save the corrupt court. Like I feel like there's just something about it. The name Talonvor, especially, is such a protagonist ass name of of like a yeah Parsifal style like knight uh, knight errant or something uh, off on his own side quest here that Matt just happens to to pop into for a little bit. Yeah, you can tell because there's no there's no like apostrophes in his name. <laughs> oh, true. Like, yeah. It's like this book is like Bilal and like whenever this author or i'm sure this i know this occurs in other fantasy as well it's like whenever you want to make something sound for you just add like three apostrophes to it and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like <laughs> any uh closing thoughts on these wrapping us up i want to hear keely's other quotes <laughs> oh yeah yeah so that was kind of um the main one um the only other thing that like kind of really stood out to me was still from like that whole section where i just thought it was really disgusting how uh gabriel or whatever was interacting with more gays about how like touching her face and all like we don't know you oh yeah like, you such can't a just... creepy puppet master yeah like you can't here. just show up and then i guess um like talonvor then saying that like he was asking specifically about uh shariam or however you say her name yeah saying the that, like, sometimes, yeah like sometimes he feels like more gays is trying to tell him things mm. i was like finally like <laughs> someone <laughs> a reliable male paying attention to a female in trouble instead of just being like oh look at her fucking titties um <laughs> and then i also i was just like still annoyed with some of the same shit that just happens over and over so like the point that i'm at in the middle of chapter 49 um is it that they just got to another i think they just got to another inn tom and matt mm -hmm. and matt just can't stop figuring out different ways of calling the innkeeper fat oh yeah it's like it says the <laughs> rotund innkeeper his fat forehead <laughs> like this yeah. fat fucking freak who the, runs the pants that barely fit and the I pants could that two men could have fit into <laughs> like oh my <laughs> god dude the world is complex like jesus <laughs> christ i hate this kid <laughs> just picturing yeah. like, like jordan's like 90s excel spreadsheet with like <laughs> 
each town and like the and there's a column that says like innkeeper's name and it has like each name and then like you know fat synonym is the next column and it just has like <laughs> the first one and the, the next like six are all just like right click synonyms <laughs> rotund uh, like you know, giant uh full bellied <laughs> that's what i'm picturing in these scenes well, it wasn't just the innkeeper this time, though. We had two offenses because we have the. We were just talking about the good guard, but then we have the the bad guard who apparently oh, yeah, is yeah. like overweight, and of course, you can only be an awful person if you're like you're either super jolly and friendly, or you're like an awful person who's like spitting commands and telling people to fuck off. Ugh. I have yet to find like a a likable, more main character ish uh, in the series that's heavier set. It just only, has, I don't know if Jordan's Varen ever going to so do that. Far, I think she's the only one. Is Varen as described far as, as like heavier? Yeah, I think they, they use the word like do they? Plump, I don't know if they use yeah plump 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 and that's plump and round. They use round or he uses round round for a couple of times. Um, so I guess he, Jordan's a little nicer to his like heavier set female characters, but just awful to his <laughs> his fat male characters. Well, I don't I know I don't know about that because we had last about time. That, the, yeah. Yeah, remember the innkeeper <laughs> last week? What's her yeah, name? Yeah, Miss Tiny was like, "There's yeah. no way that fat bitch could have danced on the table." <laughs> Jesus yeah, it's it's fucking annoying. Like, it, it's as if Jordan doesn't know that there's other ways to describe people. It's either like, "Here's the 50 different colors that they're wearing," or "Here's how fucking fat they are." <laughs> it's just like, or, know, or you know, using it as like like something other than either like a stereotype though it's like can't you just be like an average joe but also yeah. heavier it's like you're either yeah. jolly or you're an awful yeah. human being there doesn't seem to be much of an in-between which is unless like you're a yeah. character is the is the thing right because if you're if you're jewel and sandar you get a, i thought a pretty cool description showing showing up you get like the, you know he has like the aspect of like a gnarled ash tree or something like that and we get a bunch of things about the 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 way that he sort of looks and he's kind of got a kind of striking and leathery wrinkled but uh but like um attractive older middle-aged uh, appearance thing going on and then it seems like you know like Varen got it because she's a main character so it's it really seems like i think it is like to what Nick's saying, like, you know, he's just for all these secondary characters doing what you're saying, Gilly, is just like, here's the fat, you're, you're fat, you're thin, and here's your two adjectives in the in the other column here to elaborate on that. And fat evil equals stupid evil, and skinny evil equals yep. con conniving evil. Uh, or just... you have, like, some kind of, um, like, potential disability or, like, deformity or something, and yeah, they're going to yeah. point that out eight thousand times like we get it that tom is limping do you need to say he ran even though he limps like his mm. fucking leg he's limping yeah like we get it dude i don't know it just he's he falls into a lot of stereotypes that are just really annoying but then it also makes me kind of excited for like the, the next generation of like fantasy where instead of people being like rotund they're gonna be like that fucking thick innkeeper with like six c's <laughs> like i'm so here for that uh, speaking of the modern era of, <laughs> of uh, writers and just the uh, the next generation, did anyone? I know it's like not worded exactly the same, but I just like got a Mean Girls reference out of Egwene being like, "What is a fetch?" <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh, Egwene's not fetch. <laughs> oh, I'm <yeah>. sorry." <laughs> it's like goodbye, Egwene. 
it's like it was in the chapter where Ellen is talking about uh fang fishes and just like going off about yeah, yeah. um the dangerous folk and I was just like Eglin's talking about fetch <laughs> let's make fetch happen in, in wheel of time here well on that note we're going to wrap it up for this week uh because we have a bonus episode recording to get to and uh, and I think we'll have a lot a lot more to talk about next time with the, the the finale chapters when we will be wrapping up the dragon reborn with I think it's chapters 51 to 56 that's off the top of my head I think those are the final ones this episode was produced by yours truly you can find me on twitter and instagram at caleb wimble dan where can people find you on the internet at twitter and instagram under the handle pansy dan keely where can people find you on twitter and instagram at keely underscore reads people can find nick rushing away momentarily to attend to the needs of his infant child like the good dad he is remember you can find us all at wattcast.net Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Wattcast Podcast. Support the show at patreon.com slash Wattcast. And uh, yeah, you can also support us by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcast, your podcast platform of choice. Word of mouth means the world to us. It really is how we find uh, the most additional listeners for the show. That is all for today, folks. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, this is not the ending. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the Wheel of Time. But this is an ending. Farewell. Farewell.